All right, welcome in episode 86, Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Shadon. With me, as always, Spencer Maddox. That's right, as always. As always, even when I was in my 20s a long time ago, I'm now 30. That's sad news. That's bad news. But the good news is, it's a really, really good time to be a sports fan. And it's a really good time to be a sports fan at Savannah's number one sports bar. That's right, Trav. You're hitting a milestone with 30. Correct. Coaches keeps hitting more and more milestones with their TVs, with their cold beers. They've got 8.5 billion mm. at this point. The most TVs in one room in all of this world. They Get your ass down to coaches. They've been they're, they're milestone connoisseurs of sorts. Agreed. Uh, it's a place for really good looking people, excellent conversation, and even better food. 912-352-2933 to call ahead. 3016 East Victory Drive. If you want to head on over there for cold beers, hot wings, tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. Owner John Henderson and those guys have been doing it big since the early 90s. We're now a year in, in October, to them being our title sponsor, and we couldn't be happier. That's right. Uh, Shouts out to Johnny H and the boys yeah, down there. Hopefully, we continue making them happy uh, in order for the checks to keep coming. That's just how it works. That's, yeah. that's how that, that's got to make Papa the, happy. That's behind the curtain yeah. of business guys. Yeah, I just yeah. gave you like kind of a business class. Exactly. All right, here we go. More business advice, but mostly sports talk on the 86th edition of the Ocarids podcast. My name is Van Johnson. I'm 67. Mayor of the city of Savannah. I'm pro go man. Let's go. That's all we need. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Nah. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Nah. All right, Spencer. Um, look, it's we've done this 86 times now. This is the 86 time we're it's starting. It's been a rough go of it. Now let's be clear: there have been memorable rough rides for the Hot Grits podcast before. Yeah. We have had significant audio troubles. We had had to record episodes twice we've now been here two hours and we're just now recording our episode a lot a lot went into this um you're hanging on by a string no no no. i'm good i'm good i'm good once we once we got it once we got it going like i'm i'm fine everything in the past is the past you know what i mean i don't mean to go kung fu panda on you here but everything in the past i hate pandas dude i love pandas everything in the past is in the past we're now in the second half pablo sandoval and the Eagles are getting boat raced. That makes that le- week one loss uh, by the Falcons look even worse than it did. Which but hey, we thought was impossible. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, our, he's actually a winner of one of our past contests. Jason Cheatham. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Is it Chatham? No, Cheatham. Okay, what, what Jason, did he do? Jason Chatham. He sent you a text message. Cheatham. Calling, no, no. Jason Chatham. He's <sighs> calling me the, I don't, he said, and I quote, I don't know how you talk sports with that guy. He must be the biggest homer you I've ever heard. You can't shout me out for screenshotting his text oh, yeah, messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm putting both of you on blast because you didn't defend me oh, enough. Christ. And here's what here's what's up, Jason Chatham. <laughs> here's what's up, dude. We're one and two, baby. We're one and two. Yeah, we beat the worst team in the league, but the Falcons aren't the worst team in the league now, are they? Can I just tell you that we're one and two, there baby? There were a dozen people that texted me after our last episode. That said similar things like, is Spencer okay? Have you checked on him? Should we contact his loved ones? But did any of them call me a homer? They said, how does he really think that the Falcons are good? And I said, I don't know. I don't think they're good yet. 
I don't know. I think they get some. I think they get some confidence under their belt. They beat the ones they should. They're going to beat the Washington football team. Coming uh-huh. up. Well, they beat the New York Giants, the mighty yeah. New York football giants. Yeah. And now they get the Washington football team. I believe. Yeah. Okay. And then they get the Jets. At the beginning of this, I said they better go two and one. Yeah. And they, now we're now they sort of need to go three and zero. Oh. If they go three and zero, oh, we're going to be we're going to be three bad teams. Yeah, we're going to be asking ourselves, what's this team's ceiling? Where do they go from here? I've told you. How the smart is Spencer? No. How smart is Spencer? There's there's the no pan- track record the Panthers, of that ever happened. The Panthers aren't winning this damn division. All right. No, I, di- I I disagree with you. I think the Panthers could win the division. I don't think the Panthers are winning They're this division. They're a long division. shot, but they have a prayer. I don't the think Falcons they- don't have a prayer. Okay, so let's pretend the they Panthers escaped against one of the worst teams the- in the league. Let's pretend the Panthers don't exist because they're not uh, winning the division. All right. So basically, you got to beat the Bucks. All right. Kay. And we're a game back of the Bucks. We're watching the Bucks are the pacemakers for the rest of the year. We're watching the Bucks, and they're one injury away. They're one forty-three-year-old's knee away. Here's a text message. Here's a text message from my old man. Uh, This is from Tuesday. So we're recording this Monday night, September 27th. So a week ago, Tuesday. Spencer's so wrong about the Falcons. (laughs) They are terrible. He thinks with his heart. Dude, I'm not even that big of a Falcons fan. It's a heart emoji. He said he thinks with his and then heart emoji. I just now noticed that. Dad, if you're listening to this, don't use emojis. <laughs> I like your dad's use of emoji there. Whoa. No, dude. I, here, all right, here, let me clear this up. I'm not that big of a Falcons fan, all right? I just made a bet because I thought I saw some some value there, all right? I thought I saw some value, and I thought the Falcons were undervalued in winning the division. That's it. Just like I did with the Phillies, and everybody said I was crazy when I made that bet too, right? And here we are. The, what are they, two games back? They're probably not going to win it, but they got a really good shot. Can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. Did you watch the Falcon team? No. What were you doing? I slept. I slept pretty hard. It was and, a good sleep. And the Falcons won. And they won. And you watched the first two games. So now what we do, we sleep all Not day we. on Sunday. Not we. No, no, no. I'm, I'm roping you into this. We sleep all day on Sunday. Sunday is for the day of rest. You, you must be I mean? sleep. What if, the, if they play a Sunday night game, you must also sleep. Sleep, yeah. So I get up early that day and then I sleep at If night. you're committed to your bet, that's what you'll do. Yes. And that's it. I'm not thinking with my heart, guys. I just, you know, sometimes I can be funny. Of course they suck. But, you know, we're going to talk it. We're going to speak this into existence. They suck right now, but we're going to speak it into existence. Matt Ryan's still a good player. That offense has room to improve. Kyle Pitts will get better. He will be the red zone target that we've all promised. You, Cordero Patterson's still their best player. He's not. Calvin okay. really is, but... Uh, do you think Art Smith is one of the best Falcons coach ever already? No. I was really? pissed when they fired Mike Smith all the, all those years ago. They've had so many average name guys. It's unbelievable how many average name guys they've had. Byron Leftwich would have been cool. That's a crazy name. Yeah. I just keep lumping him in Leftwich. with the Falcons head coaching Leftwich. job. Leftwich. It's because he played for the Falcons that one year. Um, all right. We're going to talk more about head coaching jobs later. I will, when I, when I talk Georgia Southern at the end with prep sports or Prep Sports Report, local segment. Uh, but first, I guess Spencer, college football. We'll stick with football. Yeah. Let's go college football. Let's talk Georgia. Let's not forget Vanderbilt had a female kicker, so they have done something right. Props to them right. for having a female kicker. They now lost 62 to nothing at home. <laughs> 
to Georgia, there were much more red and black in yeah. the stands. There was much more red and black in the stands than yeah. gold and black. Um, and that's Nashville for you. Spencer, I don't really want to talk about Vanderbilt, Georgia too much because nobody what's, played. Yeah, what's there to even say? I mean, that was an ass whooping, dude. It, yeah. It wasn't that like an. But here's. I, I did want to talk about this. Doesn't that seem like a game, even two years ago, that Georgia wins 35 to 7 or something like that? You know what I mean? Where they're, they completely overmatch their opponent. They win that game 35 to 7. Yeah. That was an Alabama scoreline there. Alabama beats teams 62 to nothing. Yes. Alabama, that's what Alabama does. And you said you said before the podcast that you still didn't think there was any chance that Georgia overtakes them in the AP poll and unbeaten Alabama team. In an that if team. Alabama remains undefeated, they'll remain at number one. Right. But I, that's think my, we, I think we both agree now that it's much more likely after they just beat Fandy 62 to nothing, right? That, that was a statement. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's what we were talking about because I thought, and I still do think that there could be a, a time when Georgia either beats a team barely that it should handle easily right, or else loses to a team. I don't see them, like, lo- tripping up to a team that's unranked, but now they have a really good Arkansas team. Yeah. A really good, number eight right. Arkansas. Like, just a couple weeks ago, we were like, Georgia's not going to play any ranked opponents. Now they get number eight. That's how fast that they've risen. Right. And I think to see Georgia beat up on Vandy like that was pleasing. But this weekend this is against one, Arkansas, yeah. like I'm stoked to see this because yeah. who knows if Clemson's any good? Yeah. Okay. Clemson just got walked by NC State. They're out. Like they're not making the college that football playoff. That was a playoff. really, really good game too. Uh, oh, it was I awesome. Want, I don't want to talk about that too, too much, but that, that catch in the end zone. Dabo Sweeney is such a shithead. Dude. He <laughs> sucks. I'm pretty sure the only person in America that hates that guy. I think that's why you hate him. No, no, no. Anyone that's pro student athlete is against this guy. He stinks, dude. Anyway. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm, what, are you vouching for him? No, no, no. I, I, I don't feel one way or the other about him. I'm just pretty sure I, I feel like everyone loves him. And you hate him, but I am. Let's I, talk Arkansas. But I want to see, dude. I want to see this game, and it feels like Georgia has an opportunity to make a real statement. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like we're, we're, I think we're going to learn a lot about what Georgia is. Exactly. I think Arkansas clearly already is a better program under Sam Pittman, former offensive line coach for Georgia. But like, there are they've already done their thing this year where they've jumped up and beating teams that they weren't supposed to beat. Right. I don't think that's this weekend. You want to play Guess the Line? Yes, I would love to play Guess the Line. What do you think it is? Okay, I thought you were going to lead me in a little bit more heavy than that. All right. Oh, uh, no, I will say this, uh, and we'll talk about it more in a second, I guess. The noon game, the noon kickoff, okay. has been a major talking point for people. Why, aren't, why is Georgia kicking off at noon at home? snooze fest. And, and it's like, dude, I don't want to play at noon i'd rather georgia play a home night game under the lights because it's a better atmosphere yeah the kids get to drink longer yeah before the game all that stuff i'm for it but who cares what time they play yeah, it, man? who cares who cares all that have all that matters is what happens on the field all that I'm matters say, is the betting line yeah I'll, i'm gonna say georgia seven and a half that's shockingly shockingly off really mm-hmm. how close is it is it further than that uh, you're not within you're not within a touchdown. You're not within a possession. Whoa. Yeah. So is so Georgia's favored by like 14? Spencer Georgia 14 opened 
Georgia opened as a 19 and a half point favorite. Over Arkansas? Correct. Holy shit. Before this recording, Monday night, September 27th. Whoa. They are 18 and a half point favorites over number eight. Arkansas. Whoa. So that tells us something, huh? Yeah. I was shocked when I saw that. That is, I mean, that is a big, big number. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a test to be sure. But let's be clear that it would be a huge upset. Huge upset if Arkansas beats Georgia. I'm shocked by that number. I mean... I do. I don't think Georgia's going to... Let me be clear. I don't think Georgia's going to have a problem against Arkansas. I could see it being something like 27-10. Yeah. That's still an Arkansas cover. For sure. And that's what I was thinking in in my head. Like, well, even if that happens, you know... It would still be Arkansas covering at Sanford Stadium. I, I don't like. We'll move on from Georgia, but yeah. I, I just like. I think Vanderbilt. What happened there was a sign of like where this program is, kind of long term. Even though it's a sixty-two nothing game, it's like clearly they've reached the stage where those teams no longer are. We don't. You don't have to watch past the first quarter. Yeah, kind that of was nice. not the case. Like even two years ago. No, no, yeah. never was the case. They would always trip up. Yeah. Over somebody. Hasn't happened yet. The Arkansas game for me is going to be about what this team is and what this offense is going to do. You know? Right. The defense we already know is great. Damn. Almost 18 point favorites. <laughs> You're shocked by I'm that. I'm stunned, man. It's number eight team in the country. Well, do you put any stock into Sam Pittman being a Kirby Smart protege? No. I'm, I'm You're not never, a former I'm never, coach guy? I'm never interested in coaching trees, dude. Oh, really? Miss me with that. No, yeah, miss me with that. It doesn't matter. And it very rarely works out that way. Like, look at Bill Belichick. Look, look at all the shitheads he's put out into the world. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's the best coach of all time. It doesn't matter. You still won't let it. Belichick off the hook for Ad, or uh, Aaron Hernandez, will you? No, 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 no. You're just putting all those people's deaths <laughs> on him. Well, I mean... He kind of did drive him to madness whenever he like really looked back at it. How funny is it that Clemson lost to NC State? How hilarious is that? Dude, I mean, not That's great so for funny. not great for Georgia's schedule, but yeah, I almost texted your brother. I'm not sure if your brother is a NC State fan or a Georgia fan in football. Does he pull for them in football? Like, not like I mean, he like I think he tracks whether they win or okay, lose. Okay, who knows? I almost texted your brother about it. I was like, dude, I mean, I, I've never once cared about an NC State football game before in my life. So uh, like, neither had I. And I found myself like rooting for them greatly, especially after the missed field goal. You know what I mean? That dude, that game was hype. That's one of the that's one of the best games I've watched all year. The field rush after by the yeah. it was really well done. Just like those people don't get to rush the field too often. No. In Raleigh, to be clear. Like those people are not rushing the football field too often. But yeah. They did it like pros. Like they'd been oh, yeah. there before. Oh yeah. Just really well done. No social distancing, obviously. (laughs) None of that. None of that stuff. No, bro. This is college football. Um, You know what time it is. I told you an undefeated Bama ain't ain't coming out the number one spot. That's not going to happen. Ain't going to happen. I don't think. But the football power index for ESPN.com has moved Alabama from one to two. So it's just data, computers, numbers. Smart guy stuff. No human polls. Smart guy stuff. No human flaw in it, theoretically, but for the first time in a very long time, Georgia's one, Alabama's two. Alabama's not number one for the first time in a long time. 
that's surprising to me. And now I don't know, like, Arkansas beats Texas A&M. Is Texas A&M that good? Are they even good? Auburn almost gets beat by Georgia State. Is Auburn any good? Yeah. LSU, 27-24, they beat Mississippi State. Is LSU any good? Right. Like, now I don't know. Last week I was just saying it's super difficult, the SEC West. Now I don't know. Yeah. Like, now I have no idea. So we'll, we'll know a lot more past this weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, no Ar- doubt. If, if Arkansas comes out and puts on a show, I mean. Yeah. The Ryder Cup was a show. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I was into it. I was locked the in. The Ryder was Cup so, was awesome. Dude, I was locked in on social media. Just the reactions from the players. I loved uh, Justin Thomas's. That was, like, instantly memeable. The thing where he, oh, yes. he's walking off the green and he's, he's you know, doing his, uh, I, I don't even know what kind of face that is, but he's. He's closing his eyes. He's he's giving it to the crowd a little bit. I loved it. Dude. He put one. He put the thing behind his ear, like can't hear you, can't hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He said, like can't fucking hear you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't curse on this podcast. That's a direct quote, yeah. quote unquote. So that happened. Jordan Spieth's flop shot. Did you see this? Yes. I guess the highest recorded wedge shot, or like the highest recorded like around the green shot of the Statcast era. Whoa! Like the most. That's wild. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So around the green stats, I guess they have a way of like drawing a circle, some circumference around the, is it circumference? Circumference, yes. Okay, circumference around Diameter. the circle. Diameter? No, no, it's circumference, but I was just saying uh, other circle words. What's the plural of radius? Radii. Ooh. Radii. Math, guys. Anyway, that shot was incredible. Dude. Yeah. It was sick. Well, we just went off a tangent there. Uh, stock rising? Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he. This guy did yeah, well for himself. He did. He, dude. did, he did. The stuff with the stuff with Brooks, where they, you know, at the end, that was good. That was good to see. And he's was it piping forced? drives all over the place. Was it forced a little bit? No, I didn't think so, man. Like from watching it, DeChambeau just one performed, played played awesome. Yeah. So that's number one. Played awesome, and then had enough like flair that wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't the top. He wasn't too douchey. He, and the normal hat. Was, it still was a little douchey. Him right. wearing the normal hat. Yeah. It d- does a lot for him. It's a different Bryson. It does, it does a lot for him. But, dude, it still was a little douchey, right? Like the He's never going to completely rid himself of the douchebaggery, yeah, but the, whenever he, it's not his fault. Did you see when he uh, he had Driver in the hand, the caddy comes over, and he was like, no, 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 no three wood, three wood. And the crowd's <laughs> booing, and he's right. like, guys, I'm still going still for the going green. Still going for the green. I loved it, but also still douchey at the same time. Like, that's because you're jealous. You can't do that. What? Let me ask what? you this, dude. The Ryder Cup, the same weekend that you make a really a tremendous move, I think, as far as your entire life oh, goes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Milestone. Milestone achiever. Milestone dude. achiever. Yeah. So you get a golf membership where? I'm at the Harbor Town now. Harbor? Or no, no, not Harbor you Town. You have to learn Savannah how to pronounce Har- it. Yeah, Savannah Harbor. I'm at the Harbor. You're never going to make it in that clubhouse. No, dude. You know why I did this? It's because you, you've set yourself a goal in the in your 30s to get a parking spot. I now actually have an Sounds oppor- crazy. Sounds high. Sounds lofty. I now actually have an opportunity to get a parking spot in this year. I mean, it's, it's a hypothetical, but it could actually happen. You know what I mean? So I'm a step closer to getting a parking spot. And if I get a parking spot, I'll gift it to you for the year. I'm not interested in having a dick measuring contest with you. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'll let you park in my parking spot if you really want to. You know, Hmm. if you want to. Can I put my name on it? No, it's my parking spot. No, you can park there. No, I mean, no, that's like where like I'm going to draw the line. I'm going to draw both lines. The parking spot lines right there. Okay. Not doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah, so I'm super excited. You get that the same weekend as the Ryder Cup. Yeah. That membership. Pretty electric. Yeah. My golf clubs get stolen. Not recently, but just like to remind everyone, they got stolen out of my trunk. Tough. That was tough. Hopefully somewhere, some somebody that worked at the tow company is just playing golf, learning how to play, <laughs> spreading the game. Yeah, you should just be at the, 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 the range. Like, you should just go to every range every day, basically. Clock in. Just see if anybody's got your clubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's just duffing it 50 yards. <laughs> like, I guess this guy works here. <laughs> no, he's just, that, you, you talked about crackhead vibes. Yeah. A few episodes, that would be some crackhead vibes. Just I just hang here. <laughs> we let him clock in and clock out, but the hourly rate is $0 an hour. So we don't, we don't know why he does that. Um, I'm looking at the dock right now, which you never do. Yeah. We got, can I touch a few football touch. things? Just reach out and touch them. Touch them. Just going to reach out and tap them. Justin Tucker kicked a 66-yard game-winning field goal. What? Duh. Good for kickers everywhere, yeah. but only male kickers. Female kickers, bad for them. That was a bomb. That's a shot across the bow for female kickers. That was a bomb. 66 yards the longest ever. He did like a little crow hop before yeah. he kicked it. What? A magician, dude. Like, people were talking afterwards like, is this guy going to be the first ever first ballot Hall of Fame kicker? Right. That was, did, did you see Maybe. the, did you see the, uh, the end zone view? Oh, yeah. The kick? Yeah. Dude, I watched like the three minute video of it, like where it just showed eight different yeah. camera angles of it. It was awesome. <laughs> they put the Titanic song behind the, it. The, the, the Celine opposing, Dion. The opposing fans just devastated whenever it bounced. Oh my God, dude. It was awesome. <laughs> it's so good. It was awesome. Uh, we need more team golf. I wanted to say that I about agree. the golf yeah, thing. I agree. I agree. We need more team golf. That must happen. Uh, also, one more thing on football. 69 yards for the Falcons rushing. Nice. You have to say nice from now on. Yeah. Can't do that as a 30-year-old. There's nothing funny about that number, but I had it written down. Um, I think we are ready to move on to the Bravos. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. It, dude, it's tightening up, man. I mean, we gained, we gained a lot in it. We gained a game in San Francisco, correct? Mm, San Diego. They, so they, that's what I meant. San they're coming Diego, off a sweep. Me. They're coming off a sweep of San Diego. A sweep with quotation marks because correct. we did lose the game from. Correct. Like six months the prior games, or whenever the, the game hell it was. We said they would lose. Like, yeah. Yeah. So they play well in San Diego, basically put the Padres out of their misery and conclude the season for them. And now essentially there's six games left. Again, they'll have to play 163 right. if necessary uh, Sunday, a week from Sunday. That's if they're tied with the Phillies? If it's necessary to break okay. a tie or to solve any other standings issues across the National League. Right. So that's key. That would suck for the Rockies, yeah. who are a thousand games out. They'd have to wait around for game 162. Like, that's pretty, that's like the worst <laughs> punishment there could be to fly across country for one game that yeah. means absolutely nothing. The Braves will be playing for a lot, though. Against Philadelphia, three games with them. If the Braves win one of three against Philly, they still control their own destiny. If the Braves win one of three against Philly, no matter what. That's all you can ask for. So, if they win two of three, they're locked and loaded, and it's pretty much clinched. Yeah. If they sweep the Phillies, it is clinched. It will be clinched. So, there you go. Those are the three. And then the Mets. So, the, the, those are the scenarios in which they can set up their pitching 
rotation. Right. And Freed goes early this week against Philly, and I'm assuming that's because they're going to try to set it up. Yeah. Hopefully that's what they're going to do. Um, last week we talked about Ian Anderson. You were dogging him. A little bit. You were dogging him. A little bit. Just kidding. I was dogging him too. He went out and performed that night. Like that night, Monday night, after we recorded. Ian Anderson lit it up for the Bravos. So he, like, he'll obviously be the three in that playoff series if it comes up. That was nice to see. Swanson's still struggling, kind of. Albies really hitting the ball. Dude, the, the storyline. Are you ready for the storyline? <laughs> I was trying to name every player I could think of. I was like, when is he going to stop me? When is <laughs> well, he going to stop me for Young Handsome? I'm not, no, 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 no. We'll get to Young Handsome, but that Young Handsome isn't the storyline right now. Young Handsome isn't the storyline right now. It's Will Smith, bro, and I haven't I haven't wanted oh, to talk about Christ. this. Like, I haven't wanted to talk about this all year because it's been okay. it's been tacky every other time someone else has talked about it. Like, who gives a shit about the closer role? But this dude, me, this dude is electric, dude. He's electric. I can't. Every time Will Smith comes on, it's must watch TV because he's gonna load him up and then somehow get out of it. And that's what you want out of your closer. He's <laughs> he's gonna somehow get out of it. It's worth talking about now. It's worth talking about now because Snicker was asked about it. Snicker this guy was asked. sucks, but he's so much fun to watch. What are your feelings, uh, manager Snicker? What are your feelings um, about watching Will Smith walk the first two men and eventually get out of it, having loaded the bases? And he goes, "Not great." Wasn't feeling great. <laughs> dude, how many curveballs is this dude going to throw in a row? So then Snicker goes, Snicker goes on and says, well, that's why we love him. He's got big, hmm, I don't, I don't know how to say this. He's got a big stomach. <laughs> dude, you know, I was what? like, dude, he's got big balls. <laughs> that's dude, why he walked this the two dude, guys to start the inning because of the size of his balls. Eight. Teen curveballs in a row. He threw more balls than strikes, struck out yeah. the side the yeah. other night. And like, was that last night? It, it was, I think um, it was last night. Sunday night. Sunday afternoon? Yeah. No, it was Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. This dude loads him up and he gets bailed out, by the way. Both the the the, the strikeout on uh Tatis, not a strike. Right. Strike through, <laughs> not a strike. Not even close. Joe it, West seems wholly uninterested with anything involving the strike zone. Oh yeah. No, 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 dude. That was a that was a joke. But I mean, it was must see TV. Like that was. Yeah. It was probably the most excited I've but, been for a Braves game all year. It, it, uh, I, I I can't even like. I'm gonna put to my life it. on it that he cost them a game, either between now and the playoffs or in the playoffs. Like, you want your closer to be a sure thing? He's anything yeah. but it. Oh yeah. He is anything but that. Oh yeah. From a from a Braves perspective, you're terrified about this guy. But from a TV perspective, I mean, it does not get better than that, bro. Loading him up and then striking him out. I mean, the highs and the lows, it had everything. That game was awesome. Yeah, it was. Now, and young, handsome Babe Ruth, on the <laughs> other hand. He's been excellent. Dude, this guy can do no wrong. Every time I look around, he's three for five with three doubles. Eddie, Rosario, Eddie Rosario, too, is a fucking pimp. Yeah. That guy is awesome. I love Eddie Rosario. Every time I watch him, he gets a hit. Me too. High ass. Yep. High really ass. high ass. Jorge Soler has grown six inches since we last recorded. <laughs> he's still super Dude, tall. This guy is so tall. This guy's so tall. He's the height you want. He's Aaron Judge-esque, but I think he's got a couple inches on Judge. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk about what the Yankees did to the Red Sox over the weekend. Yeah, that was tough. Catastrophe. So what, what's that What's that looking like coming down the stretch? They're they're basically neck and neck, right? Like Yankees well, have them by a game? Yeah. Yeah, after the Yankees swept. Yeah. All the Red Sox had to do really was win one of three. And they were only really in 
one of three. After they lost Friday night, it was over. Saturday and Sunday was a bloodbath. Right. Even after the Yankees tried to gift it to the Red Sox on Sunday night, that division is coming down to the wire, not the division, the wild card. Um, but, I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I don't think, like, the, what the Rays have done in the American League to me is almost as crazy as what the Giants have done in the National League. Yeah. Which is nuts. Uh, we've kind of been floating around. The we elephant. Say, I feel like we say that every year about the Rays. Of course, of course. The elephant in the room, though, and they're a giant, ugly elephant, and I hate their manager, is the St. Louis Cardinals. When the calendar turns to September, those guys just win they're every a different team. game they play. Yeah. I hate your Cardinals, dude, and I don't want to see, see the I don't Cardinals. Know, I don't know why you say that. I don't want to see the Cardinals. No, I'm saying I don't want to see the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't want any part of the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, they're, they're like my second team for some reason. I've always, I've always kind of fought with the Cardinals. I picked them at the beginning about, of the year. Something about their uniforms. I like them, you know. Yeah. Albert Pujols used to play there, notably. You know, at one point... Mark McGuire t- had a cool goatee. That was cool. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. Allegedly steroid. Yeah. User. Allegedly. Um, but I'm a homer. <laughs> you are Fugue a homer. Bro. You are a homer. Chatham. What else? <sighs> Man. I don't know. We spent so long setting up this podcast that my brain is like fried. Yeah, decent effort. Not a great effort. <laughs> Not a great effort by us. All right, we'll wrap up. Uh, I want to tell you guys about John Carr Real Estate. John Carr, the number one real estate agent in Savannah. Buying, selling, just learning more about the market. You go to Johnny Carr. He'll hook it up. Tell him the Hot Greatest Podcast sent you. This is what you do. Call him right now, 912-228-0916. So hang up, call him, and then pause this and come back to it. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys do that. All right, now you're back. You just called John Carr. Good job. Visit johncarrealty.com. Now check him out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of that stuff. Tell him the Hawkers podcast sent you, and he'll hook it up on the listing fees. We're trying to get to a number, trying to get to a number of houses sold by the end of the year, and we're within shouting distance. Let's make it happen. All right, quickly. Quickly, what? before we break. What? Predictions for this Philly series going forward. Two of three. Two of three. You two like the Braves three. take two of three. Yeah. So we win one with Max. Win one with Chuck. Win one with Chuck. Ian Anderson gets blown up. No. Okay. He doesn't. Brian Snicker has an opportunity to change the game by getting tossed early in the fourth inning <laughs> of that game, and he doesn't. Okay. So that's what we're blaming it on. Then the Braves fight back. Right. Scoring two each in the seventh and eighth. They take the lead. Two-run lead heading into the ninth. Will Smith blows it. Okay. I like that's that. That's how they lose that I game. Like that. I like but that. But he's got like a big that. set of testicles. Jock Peterson goes one for six in a 12-inning game at some point, and that one hit is a home run. A 12-inning game? In a 12-inning game. Okay. Because the Braves go to extra innings every other game. And they don't ever And they never lose. They They always lose. That's what I meant. They never win. They never win. But Jock, Jock Peterson comes out of nowhere and hits one hit. For every six, and it's over the fence, and that's what I'm calling for that for that game. One of these games will go to 12 innings at least, and Jock Peterson will go one for six and hit a home run, and that's my specific prediction for the for the week. Either that's way, all I got. they're getting the playoffs, and we're going to the TP. Oh yeah! Oh, and me and you are going to a playoff game. I'm going to make that happen somehow. Maybe so. Sometimes yeah. maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. Where do they find you? Uh, they find me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. And don't tweet at me this week, dude. Just follow me. Don't tweet at me this week. I've had enough of that shit. No tweets Trapped. allowed. All yeah. right, I'm going to talk local sports coming up on the other side. Thank you guys for listening to 86, though. Twitter, at Podcast Grits, at Jadon Sports for me. 
Instagram, The Hot Grits. Spotify, Apple, rate, subscribe, follow. Tell your cool friends, your cool friends only. Let's talk local sports now on the other side. For the rest of you, we'll see you in, at episode 87. Okay, welcome to the PrepSportsReport.com local segment for episode 86 of the Hot Grits Podcast. Just me, just Travis Jadon on the local segment. Here's what we're going to do. High school football, Savannah State, then the circus at Georgia Southern. Maybe not a circus. We'll start with high school football. First, I'm going to tell you guys about PrepSportsReport.com. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports coverage for more than 20 years and continues to celebrate youth athletes in the coastal empire to this day. Check out PrepSportsReport.com for local stories on student-athletes. No subscriptions, no fees, no sign-ups. PrepSportsReport.com, you gotta love it. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at PrepSAV. Alright, onward now to high school football. Best of the week, worst of the week. From last week, September 24th, Friday. September 24th was the main slate of games, including Benedictine beating up on Ware County 49-42 to in a shootout at Memorial Stadium. That's coming up. But first, the worst thing from the week was the first game of the week, Thursday night. At that same Memorial Stadium between Liberty County and Johnson High School. And it was the runaway favorite for worst of the week. 27 penalties called on the Johnson Adams Smashers Thursday night, September 23rd at Memorial Stadium. A date that will live in infamy for Adams Smasher fans for sure. 11 penalties for Liberty County. 38 total penalties. 38 total penalties called in a high school football game that ended in overtime in a one-possession game and there were 38 penalties. That's all. That, that's the that's the penalties that were accepted. Forget the number of flags thrown out. Who knows how many were declined? I feel bad for my buddy Dennis Knight, who had to cover that game. Um, forget about deadline. There was no deadline, but it would have been sayonara had there have been. All right, best of the week. BC's bounce back, 49-42. Third straight win for the Cadets. And it was a big one over number two, Ware County, number two in 5A. Ware County was rolling. They had Thomas Castellanos, one of the best quarterbacks in the state. But Benedictine earned its third straight win, like I said, after starting 0-2. And they looked good doing it. Holden Gurner exploded. Three rushing touchdown passes, two touchdown passes, or three total touchdown passes for six total touchdowns. Two of those passes came... In the fourth quarter, one to Justin Thomas, a crazy play, a deflection in the end zone, and then another one to Zaquan Bryan for the dagger. It was a wild game, and it was a statement game for Danny Britt and the Cadets. They're definitely number one in my top five this week. I'll give you guys the rest of that top five coming up. All right, look ahead for this week. Calvary hosting Stratford Academy. Calvary number three. Stratford Academy, number 10 in Class A Private. Calvary is 6-0. Stratford Academy out of Macon is 4-0. Here's a little stat. Here's a little water cooler stat for you guys. You guys can impress your friends with this one. 
Mark Stroud's Calvary teams at home. All time, 32 and 4. 32 and 4, the Cavaliers are at home under Mark Stroud. So not great for Stratford, who comes in out of Macon, like I said, at 4 and 0. All right, a couple more things on the high school football. Look out for Burke County's running back this week against BC Thursday night. Ready for this name? Eldrick Tiger Williams. Two rushing touchdowns last week for Burke County, and uh, I don't need to tell you who he's named after. Look out for Eldrick. I think that might be my favorite player already. All right, let's wrap up the high school football. Top five this week. Benedictine. Number two, Calvary Day. Number three, New Hampstead. Number four, Savannah Christian. Number five, Savannah Country Day. Savannah Christian's defense is rolling. They're playing really well right now. I think they're averaging, they're allowing like four point something points per game. And they're three wins. They're three and two. So look out for Baker, Baker Woodward's bunch over there. All right, let's move on to Savannah State now. Savannah State may never lose a game inside the SEAC conference. They're 2-0 now after winning last week 29-10 over Morehouse. And they're 7-0 since returning to SEAC before the 2019 football season. Head coach Sean Quinn has the Tigers rolling. They'll play at Kentucky State this Saturday, 1 o'clock p.m. in another conference game looking for eight straight SEAC wins. They may never lose, folks. Savannah State's averaging 31.75 points per game, 216 rushing yards per game. So offensive coordinator Russell DeMossi has that side of the ball rolling for sure. All right, let's get to it. Probably the reason you made it this far into the episode. Okay, what is going on at Georgia Southern now that Chad Lunsford is out as the head coach? Lunsford fired after three-plus years in Statesboro. He was in the middle of his fourth season as the head coach of the Eagles. They started 1-3. and three. Uh, They'll tell you he has a 28-21 and 21 overall record. But really, if you don't count the 2-4 and four mark in 2017 when he was the interim, it's 26 and 17 is his overall record, 15 and 10 in the Sun Belt Conference. Lunsford fired after Georgia Southern lost to Louisiana on Saturday, 28 to 20, the first Sun Belt Conference game of the year, and a third straight loss for Lunsford's Eagles. Brief timeline of events, kind of what we're dealing with here. Georgia Southern loses Saturday to Louisiana. Sunday at 1.07 p.m., a video goes viral, uh, tweeted by at Willem Bussey, B-U-S-S-E-Y-3-2, former Georgia Southern player. Uh, The video had 151,000 views as of Monday night or roughly 30 hours into the video's shelf life. So he tweets the video and it's of Gavin Adcock, a... Uh, I think graduate senior, redshirt senior, um, an older guy on top of the bus as the buses are carrying the Eagles to Paulson Stadium for the game, um, you know, in classic Georgia Southern tradition. And a fan tosses Adcock what appears to be a Bud Light can. What is a Bud Light can? Opened. Incredible toss by the kid. Incredible catch by Adcock. But then Gavin Adcock proceeds to chug the beer, slam the beer can, and Georgia Southern goes out and loses, you know, hours later. So 
The video gets tweeted at 1.07 p.m. the next day, Sunday. 5.28 p.m. Yahoo and Pete Thamel report the news that Lunsford's fired. So four hours after the video is tweeted, Lunsford gets fired. Do with that what you will. But Georgia Southern was not playing well this year, and they were playing against stiff competition. I get that for sure. Lunsford in 2018, 10-3, 6-2 in the Sun Belt. But then from there, 6-2 in the Sun Belt 2018, 5-3 in the Sun Belt in 2019, 4-4 in the Sun Belt last year. So it's going the wrong direction, right? But it should be noted that Lunsford's Eagles also started 1-3 in 2019. Okay. All of the games they lost this year, all three of them, they were underdogs in. They were supposed to lose. So it was questionable timing. Here's how I'm going to do this. Lunsford gets fired. So let's talk about that first. Then we'll talk about making Kevin Whitley, the former Georgia Southern defensive back and former Georgia Southern defensive backs coach, uh, Kevin Whitley, now the current interim head coach. So Lunsford fired. Whitley named the interim. And then third, I'll take a gander at some names that people are mentioning for the head coaching job at Georgia Southern, the third FBS head coaching vacancy so far this season. There'll definitely be more to come. All right, Lunsford's fired. Why? If not because of the Adcock video, then why now? Well, that's sort of easy to tell if you dig enough. There's plenty of money floating in Statesboro right now. I mean, there's $68 million worth of facilities money being spent between now and the summer of 2023. Okay, so the only way that this move is made in season, Sunday afternoon after that video leaks, or not leaks, after Bussy tweets it, the only way that they fire Lunsford after that is if that video was the final straw for some big-time boosters, big-time donors. Lunsford's salary was nearly $700,000 a year. Sure. The buyout's going to be $800,000. And Georgia Southern ain't paying that. They're not firing Lunsford. Unless somebody's willing to step up. That's how badly they wanted Lunsford out. A boosters, boosters, donors, however the university's athletic fund gets those donations... They were funneled for a specific reason after that video leaked. Now, Athletic Director Jared Binko said otherwise, and we'll get to that in just a second, but Georgia Southern 11-2 in October under Lunsford. Okay, October's right around the corner. Like I said, they were underdogs in all three of those games. I don't understand why it would be now if not for that video. I don't think it would be. It's remarkable to think that if Georgia Southern beat Louisiana, they were only eight points away from beating Louisiana. If they win that game, is Lunsford still the head coach? Who knows? But the Adcock video definitely led to Jared Binko, the athletic director's inbox, getting flooded by upset alumni, former players, boosters, donors. And those people really run the show. At that point, CCL had to go. Lunsford had to go. 
Same thing that happened versus UMass with Tyson Summers. Once they went up there and got their ass kicked and lost their seventh straight game, that was it. They barely let him on the flight back home, I think. But just because Lunsford was fired doesn't mean it was wrong to hire him to begin with. He was perfect for 2018's roster. Perfect for 2018's schedule. Perfect for that team. 2018 is a monster, monster year for this program. Really monumental year. I think it changed a lot of things, and I think Lunsford was the right hire at the time. So that's possible, right? Like, you can agree that he should have been let go now, which I think I do. I mean, I I get why they let Lunsford go. The next coach is going to get more than Chad Lunsford, and Binko wasn't giving that money to Lunsford one way or the other. He wasn't getting more than what he already got because the program, like I said, was going in the wrong direction. So if not now, it's going to happen soon. Okay, now on to Kevin Whitley being named the interim. A college assistant coach for the last three years at his alma mater, Georgia Southern, hired by Chad Lunsford from Stockbridge High School where he had enormous success. 51-year-old Kevin Whitley said he was shocked when he was asked to be the interim coach on Monday in Statesboro. I got a few thoughts on this. The title for Whitley isn't very important. Okay, he's not going to get the job past the interim role. But what it says is very telling. And it tells me that the quote-unquote Lunsford guys on that staff are gone. Now, a lot of people listening and a lot of people in the Georgia Southern camp would say, that's fine. I mean, we kind of sort of knew that, right? That usually happens when a coach leaves. But this is a little bit different in that Cabral... Victor Cabral, the defensive line coach, was running the entire recruiting show. Still is. Scott Sloan, the defensive coordinator, managed to hang around past Lunsford and former offensive coordinator Bob DeBess. By the way, Bob DeBess somewhere shaking his head. Bob DeBess is somewhere shaking his head telling all of you, I told you so. Because your boy, y'all's boy, Doug Roos, has produced 43 or has produced an offense that is 43rd in yards per rush. An option offense, 43rd in the country in yards per rush. They're 123rd in scoring offense. I mean, I don't think Doug Roos worked out. I think Bob DeBest may be having the last laugh on that one. But guys like that are out. Scott Sloan's not coming back. Victor Cabral, probably not coming back. Travis Cunningham, not coming back. Maybe others. So when Whitley was named the interim, those guys were surpassed for a guy that had way less college experience than them. Okay, and high school, not the same as college. I felt like we should not have to explain that. But maybe we do. Maybe we do. Whitley was named the interim because the rest of the staff is already prepping their resumes. Okay, And Whitley's not going anywhere. But let's be clear, if either Scott Sloan or Doug Roos somehow led this team to maybe eight, nine wins in Lunsford's stead this year, then Binkham would maybe have to hire them. 
as the full-time head coach, and he doesn't want that. So who do you get? Kevin Whitley, a company man. A company man to run the ship, much like Del McGee did back in the day. I mean, Kevin Whitley made $90,000 a year as the cornerbacks coach. Sloan and Roos, over $250,000 a year. How about Cabral? Over $120,000 annually. So the guy that makes ninety a year is now the boss for the guys that make two fifty each and one twenty. Think about that for a moment. How sustainable do you think that is? Not very sustainable. Not very sustainable. So I thought it was interesting that Whitley's made the head coach. I don't have any problem with it at all. But it says a lot. Just know that. So while Georgia Southern, a two-point favorite versus Arkansas State this weekend, while they prep for that game, A.D. Jared Binko has begun the search for a new head coach. But what about that pesky option offense? What is Georgia Southern going to do about the option offense? And I, like, it has to be very clear, right, that you cannot begin to form a list of names or to move in any sort of direction until that is addressed. It's no secret. The option offense is a priority in Statesboro. So just say that. If you're going to keep the option offense, just keep the option offense and be very clear about it. Call it by name. But that's not what happened Monday in Statesboro when Jared Binko met with the media. Frank Solkowski asked him about it. And Jared Binko, I, you know, as close to coach speak as you can get, but it doesn't make sense to me. Here's the response. Quote, I want to find a CEO. Obviously, the offense the coach runs will be highly scrutinized or cheered for. But we're trying to find a CEO. Someone that will develop young men of character on and off the field. To me, it's all about finding a CEO. The offense they run, the defense they run will be just as important. End quote. Three mentions of CEO. I don't, if the product on the field is failing, you need a coach, not a CEO. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's too many CEOs running around and not enough employees. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's how guys end up on the top of a bus. Too many CEOs. I think you need a football coach. The CBS story that broke the news originally said, quote, Georgia Southern is on a quest to help the Eagles gain a clearer identity. End quote. They're changing the coach because they want to gain a clearer identity. But if that's true, Jared Binko should have just said, no, we are not married to the option. Or yes, we'd like to find an option coach. It's okay to call it by name. It's okay to call it by name, but to keep beating around the bush... And not addressing, if you're going to keep the option offense, you're doing yourself a disservice. That's how you got here in the first place. Now it's just some iteration of the option. Pick a side. Either leave the option in the dust or run the option. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel and pick a side. 
a clearer identity. That's unreal. All right, here's some names I think could potentially be up for the job. Let me be clear. These are not names that I am vouching for. These are just names that I've seen, and I compiled the list. All right, here's some option guys, option offense guys, ties to the option some way or another, ties to Georgia Southern. <clears throat> Brian Bohannon, head coach, Kennesaw State. He's making 390k a year right now. Brent Davis, Army OC. Ivan Jasper, a Navy assistant coach. Del McGee, front runner, I believe, for the job. UGA's running back coach, who's making $676,000 this year. So right around what Lunsford was making as the head coach at Georgia, Georgia Southern. And to be clear, the next coach is getting more than that. I would say Georgia Southern is going to be able to get at least, I would think at least, in the $800,000 range for their coach. Possibly more. I think what's more important is the number, the amount of money on the staff for the assistant coaches. What about a long shot guy? Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. He's 38 years old. Um, I would say a fairly hot commodity as an assistant coach, especially with Arkansas's success this year, but he's making $975,000 a year. That could be out of reach. I think the number one guy the number one guy that Georgia Southern should call, Florida State's offensive line coach, Alex Atkins. $520,000 a year is what he's making. He's one of the four highest paid offensive line coaches in the country. Former offensive line coach at Georgia Southern. Um, young enough, pretty young. Called plays at Charlotte in the past. I think Alex Atkins would be a really, really, really heady choice. For Georgia Southern. North Carolina's defensive coordinator. Jay Bateman. Has been mentioned. He makes $825,000. A year. At North Carolina. Alright I'll wrap up. But. One more thing I wanted to mention. I wanted to run through Jared Binko's. Sort of resume here. And, and see where he was at. What school he was at. At what time. Because oftentimes That may be how you wind up finding your coach. Some tie to another you know, another life, a previous job where you helped hire the coach, you were around when he was around, et cetera, et cetera. Jared Binko, a graduate of Georgia, was at Georgia from 2008 to 2011. Similar time frame as Oregon's wide receivers coach, Brian McClendon. Brian McClendon makes $390,000 a year right now. A Georgia native, former Georgia wide receiver, McClendon was basically one of the top recruiters in the country at Georgia his first year on the staff. Essentially a graduate assistant. Pretty impressive. Maybe a name to think about. Arkansas from 2011 to 2015, Jared Binko was there. We already said Kendall Bryles. You know, that's a long shot, but they were both there. Arkansas, you know, Arkansas has... Plenty of ties back to Georgia Southern. Binko's ties to the SEC obviously run deep, and they continued in 2015 and 2016 when he was at Auburn. And guess who else was at Auburn that year? Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp 
essentially a water boy right now for Georgia's staff. Right up the road in Athens. Head coaching experience, and he was in Auburn when Jared Binko was also in Auburn. Then at Mississippi State from 2016 to 2020, Jared Binko was. Maybe a name to consider Gary Goff, the Valdosta State head coach. Goff played for Mike Leach, who was the offensive coordinator at Valdosta, in 1996. Go with me here now. Mike Leach was hired at Mississippi State by a search firm or search committee that included Jared Binko. He was hired by Binko and Mississippi State before the 2020 season. That's a tie. I mean, that's somewhat of a tie, I think. Maybe that's a reach, and I'll end it right there. Thank you guys for listening to episode 86. We will see you on episode 87. Here's a little uh, Green Day cover for you. See if you can guess what song this is. We'll see you next week.